Hey, everybody. Want to tell you guys to go check out www.nishamitycreekbrewing.com. They're one of our newest beer sponsors of Old City Sports Network. We all love it in Flyers Alley. We all love it at Old City Sports Network. We know you guys will too. They got good ales, pilsners, stouts, IPAs, the works. They work directly out of Croydon, Pennsylvania, the suburbs of Philadelphia. So if you guys want a good beer experience, want some good tastes on your tongue, go hit up Nishamity Beer Creek Brewing. Hey guys, are you tired of having a dry, itchy, flaky beard? Go to norsebeards.com to take your beard to a Viking level. Norse Beards have a variety of products and free shipping over $50. Become part of the Norse family by going to norsebeards.com and enter promo code OCS at checkout for 25% off. Norsebeards.com and Old City Sports Network answered the call of Valhalla. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flyers Alley. I'm your host, Jesse Bell, along with me in the alley this week. Finally, Gummy Wade. Welcome back, brother. Let's see that kid in the background. Yep. Yep. We got uh, supposed to be daddy time right now. That's why. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're you're breaking the rules, bro. Yep. I don't know what you just did, but it just intensified everything. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, um, welcome back, brother. Good seeing you in here. Uh, Anthony, always a pleasure. Uh, What's up, my friend? Uh, Struggle a little bit. We'll be struggling a little bit here, fellas. Definitely uh, pulled one over on last night. Um, we have a special guest today. Dan Brown. Good evening, everybody. Now, thanks, for, uh, Dan, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Dan is from the – are you the host of – uh, co-host. So, so my okay. buddy Joel is our, our co-host there, but uh, I've been on every show and he's been on most of them. So, yeah, it's a pod snipe Selly on the uh, Sports 2.0 network. We're every Tuesday night, seven o'clock uh, Eastern, six Central. We've kind of had some variants with that time, but that's uh, pretty much a regular bit there. Um, we cover all sorts of NHL topics, so we're not totally tied to any team. Um, for those who know the jersey, I'm wearing the, uh, the Minnesota Wild sweater. That's my hometown team. Um, and then Joel, the co-host, is a uh, Chicago Blackhawks fan. Uh, I hate to bring that up on the show, so I can, <laughs> can see already <laughs> the, the look in your eyes there. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good dude, too. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for, thanks for having me on. I'm glad we got connected and could make this work. Absolutely, and, and thank you for being part of the uh, Twitter group that we have, that everybody supports each other and we push each other's stuff out. And- a great thing um you guys want to go find his show find him on twitter follow them on twitter at pod snipe selly and dan's personal at hockey vox db and their network is at sports 20 network um we already got we already got comments oh my god sweet um kylie it's part of our networks. Just thanks for, for oh my God, thanks for the support. And uh, Samantha Lynn says Panthers are offloading most of their coaching staff. Kevin Weeks just reported. Okay, okay, okay. 
Anyway, with that being said, um, let's put, let's get into this a little bit. Now, Dan is here because he's, or I'm going to call you the Minnesota Insider. I think it's. Uh, I'll take it. We don't we don't have one, so you're going to be that guy. I'll take it. I'll be happy um, to be the Minnesota Insider for you guys. Awesome, awesome. So, I have some segments that I put in here. Um, we're going to start off. With, I'm not going to do any sponsor reads. I'll do them all at the end because I'm not drinking any beer right now. It's just not going to happen. Um, <clears throat> the mis- mysterious... Oh, I saw that wrong. Mysteries of Chuck Fletcher is what I was going to do. Dan mm-hmm. knows intimately about Chuck Fletcher <laughs> and Mike Yo. What is the deal with that? And I've been hearing a lot from some fans on Twitter that, oh, this happened to them, this happened to them. I am not familiar with Chuck Fletcher, Mike Yo with your guys franchise obviously we have them here not a lot of people are fans of them can you can you get into a little bit uh what comes with that yeah so chuck fletcher for starters i think is loyal to a fault um you kind of look at how where where chuck fletcher has gone he has brought a lot of that minnesota connection with him he's brought some of the coaching staff on board like bringing mike yo uh, in with philly um some of the players the guys that he drafted as well um, you see guys uh, following Fletcher, guys like Nick Sealer and Nate Prosser, Brennan Mendel, uh, the Cates from UMD. Um, he's seen all of those guys throughout his career. And that's kind of one of the big knocks that we really have on Fletcher. Now, one note to his credit is that with all of his time in Minnesota, every first round pick that he took is still in the league and playing reasonably well so you have guys like mikhail grandland and guys like nick letty who were those early years as well when he's still kind of getting his feet wet as a gm all of those guys are still in the league however when you take a look into kind of those middle rounds uh no third round pick that he made has played more than 100 games in the nhl um only one of his fourth round picks with the wild is still hanging around and that's uh capo kakinen who you know, goalies take a little longer to develop than other players. So um, kind of makes sense that that one was a little later along, but neither here or there really. But that's kind of the, the really big knock there. But then he also has some guys that in late rounds he's really been able to hit on. So Darcy Kemper, who's about to go play for a Stanley Cup, Kirill Kaprizov, finding him in the fifth round. I mean, that was a really a, a, easily the biggest draft steal in, uh, in wild history, getting him in the fifth. So Fletcher's scouting ability, it seems like it's there very early and it's there very late, but it's those middle rounds. Um, He's also known for giving out draft picks like candy. Um, There were a lot of times where, you know, second, third round picks are gone and the Wild went several years without a first round pick uh, because they went in on the Martin Havlat trade, uh, trying to bolster the roster for a cup run and that blew up in his face. That was kind of the last straw with things in Minnesota. So from a Fletcher standpoint, um, kind of a mixed bag. I think he's able to get teams that are really bad and turn them around to being decent. But we haven't seen really him be able to take a, a good team and get that team to the next level of being great. He builds the framework for going from bad to good, but he doesn't do enough to get really over the hump. He was kind of gun shy on trades a lot waited to move guys that he um, may not have been comfortable with or felt pressured to keep um, almost some buyer's remorse or a sunken value cost uh, to some of those players as well. Um, 
but from a, a personal side, you know, I've, I've never met him or anything, but every indication I've heard is that he's like the nicest guy in the world. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if, if you guys have had any particular experiences with him personally, but every experience that, that I've heard from has been that he's just the nicest guy. Um, always would, would stop for a picture with a fan, um, would answer fan questions. He was actually fairly more candid with media than I think a lot of GMs are, um, and would kind of say, here's where things are at. From the wild side, we got the exact opposite of that with uh, his predecessor, Paul Fenton, um, who was just kind of a, a jerk to everybody for uh, the, the sounds of things there. But Yo, on the other hand, uh, and this is actually, I didn't get to tell you guys this one, but my dad was a middle school teacher for both of Yo's kids. Uh, oh. He's a, a band director, so we had him for three years in middle school. Um, and it, it sounds like kind of similar there that Yo off the ice, decent guy, but on the ice, it's it's so hard to get it to me yo tries to do systems but without actual systems it's he's, he's trying to make four lines that are all speed and all can score but there's no defined role of you're the scorer you're our setup guy you're the guy that we need to there's knock no everybody around right it's it's structureless hockey so i don't know how you have systems but with no structure and we kind of saw that in st louis that as soon as Yo was out and uh, Craig Berube was in. They had a structure in place and it led them to a cup. They had all the talent there to do it, but they were bottom feeders under that system. And when I saw that uh, Fletcher was reuniting with Yo in Philly, I mean, I, I immediately went, well, there goes Philly shot at making the playoffs over the next couple of years. So it, I, I think back to the quote from Yakupov's dad um, that was, you know, something to the effect of like, um, you know, it, it, he called him an idiot, basically, um, is, is what the quote was. Um, and I'm kind of glad that Yo's out of there because I, I look at guys like Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee and Carter Hart, some of these younger guys that really, I, I think, at least from an outside perspective, those are the guys that the Flyers want to be building around. Um, and how much Yo hurt development for some of those wild guys um, you know, looking at Charlie Coyle with, is he a center? Is he a wing? Is he a first line guy? Is he a third line guy? He kind of bounced, <clears throat> excuse me, Nino Niederreiter around all through the lineup there as well. And it really hindered their development. So at, at least for the sake of those guys, I'm glad <clears throat> to see that, that Yo is kind of out of the picture. I don't know who the Flyers are bringing in. I, I saw a couple of names come up on the short list, Barry Trotz and, uh, uh, what was the other one I saw? It, Tortorella. I I did hear some rumblings on Tortorella. Oh, it was uh, it it, it might have been satire, but Pete DeBoer's name got thrown around, and I'm, I'm going earlier. to stay away from that one. It made me cringe. I can't believe that that. Yeah, that's, I hope that's, that's, that's not. That's not a, not a not thing. No, I have I have a seg. Well, we have a thing that we'll talk about about the coaching choices because now it's starting to flare up. And now, I mean, me and Anthony are literally Wade's not too too heavily in the Twitter. Uh, he shares stuff when, when we need to share the stuff, and he does his job. Uh, me, and, me and Anthony are hawking this shit. Like we are every. Like he just showed me something before here, and it's a a, a take that we had uh, earlier on. Uh, but th there's no one knows what the hell is going on right now when it comes to flyers. Uh, I don't know if if you two want to jump in on this when it comes to um. What is that? What is happening right now? 
What are you doing? Stop. Um, I don't know what you two are doing down there, but I, I don't like it. I don't like any, any bit of it. Um, Just being friendly, man. God, are you are you checked up? What's that? Wait. No. Okay. Okay. That <clears throat> went into the body check wellness a little bit. Um. Yeah. So when it comes to Mike Yo and and Chuck Fletcher, I don't I don't I don't have an issue with Chuck Fletcher. I'm like one of the only people on the face of the earth that don't have don't have an issue with Chuck Fletcher. Um, I have a huge issue with Mike Yo. Mike Yo doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He just doesn't. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Um, there's been absolutely no chance or no glimpse. There's no light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to Mike Yo. Anything working in Philadelphia? The whole, the entire thing that he was doing with with the lines, uh, keeping people on lower lines. So I just, I don't like it. I don't like anything he was doing. I think maybe I agreed with his 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 lines that he made for one game, and that was pretty much it. Um, I don't know about you two. I, I, I don't know. We haven't talked about the those two in a while. Wade, if you want to get in there a little bit. Well, I mean, with Chuck Fletcher, you know, right when he first comes in here, you know, everybody's, you know, question marks surrounding him. But, you know, he's the one that went out and got Zach Parise and Ryan Sutter for the wild to try to go for a cup. So he's definitely not afraid to spend the money. And Philadelphia obviously is known to just – you know, put your nuts out on the table and go for it. Yeah, I, I, people forget how bad the Wild were before Parise and Suter got there. I mean, yeah. it was you had Marion Gabrick for a hot second. You had Brent Burns right as he was like starting to break out as a D man, and then he got rid of him. And well, <laughs> he, I wasn't was gonna, he wasn't going to resign in Minnesota because there was no no structure, no vision, no backbone to the team. Um, but because he left, that kind of freed up enough dollars to go make a splash and, and bring those guys back. Uh, Ryan Suter you know, played uh, at the University of Wisconsin. You know, family is, is big with uh, with Minnesota hockey. Um, and then uh, Zach Parise, his dad, JP, was with the North Stars for a yeah. long time as well. Uh, went to the University of North Dakota. So a lot of local angle there. And it was the move that Minnesota really needed to make to make the wild a, a interesting and fun competitive team. The, the dead hockey era of Jacques Lemaire as head coach, where it was, uh, you know, why, why do you need to score more than two goals to win a hockey game? That was kind of his, his system. And I mean, it, it worked okay for a little while, but that's not where today's NHL is at. It only works if you have a good defense system and a good goaltending, which Minnesota dwindled down to really not any great goaltending from what I can remember. Right. I mean, you, you look at the, the names that came through and I mean, Manny Fernandez was all right. And Dwayne Rollison got him later in his career. Uh, but then you're running into Ilya Brizgalov for a while, oh. Nicholas Backstrom, uh, Darcy Kemper before Kemper really uh, got good Josh yeah. Harding in there. So not, not a whole lot of names that, uh, that really stand out. Certainly nobody to, um, you know, a Cam Talbot or a Mark Andre Fleury, like they had this year, um, it, it ha just hasn't been there. And Minnesota's always been a, a decent defensive team, but those years before Parise and Suter got there, it was really bad. Uh, Kim Janssen was uh, the top D man. Uh, Martin Skula in there. It's some it's some rough names if you go back and look at that history. So like bottom six type guys playing top minutes. Absolutely, you know, and twenty five minutes a night as well. Yeah. Like Kim, Kim Janssen was good. And there's a reason that the Blackhawks traded for him during, uh, during the cup run, but 
it it really didn't work out too well for Minnesota there. So um, I, I agree with you there. Fletcher really, he, he wasn't afraid to make that splash early on because it needed to be done, but his moves since then were kind of timid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was bringing in Jason Pominville later in his career, bringing in Thomas Vanek later in his career, Danny Heatley later in his career. So kind of trying, trying to kick the tires on guys and see if you could make something work. I mean, he, Heatley's a known sniper. I mean, after mm-hmm. a couple of injuries, obviously it hindered his the rest of his career. But, I mean, it's it's kind of good seeing, like, a newer GM go out and try to get some of these veterans, like, some work, basically. Like, obviously, Pomaville didn't pan out or Heatley didn't pan out. But, you know, it's at least he went and tried to spark something. Right, and for Wild fans, we'll always have probably the best Heatley moment in Minnesota was he assisted on Niederreiter's game-winning overtime goal to beat the Avalanche, um, setting up a two-on-one, and it's Heatley and Niederreiter, and I'm going, there's no way they're going to score here. And Niederreiter puts it back bar, the ping echoes through the arena, and Avs fans are miserable. It, It was the most beautiful thing. The home team won every game that series. Wild didn't have a lead the entire game until the final horn went. Um, and it was Heat Lead and Nita Ryder to win it. Yeah, Dan, it's funny. You mentioned how uh, Fletcher, he just gives away picks like they're candy. I mean, going back to last offseason, he attaches a second-round pick uh, with Goss' spare to get the money off the books. Like, that's going to mm-hmm. hinder them in this draft upcoming. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't paid too much attention to Minnesota Wild Hockey the last decade or so, but what I have found that I really like about Fletcher as a GM is it seems like he gets the guys on his team to take quote hometown discounts. If you will connect at the time, a couple years ago signed. I thought again, at the time, a lesser than market value deal. Same thing with Provorov. Is that something that he had success in Minnesota with? Yes, definitely. I think uh, one of the biggest examples of that was with Miko Koivu. Um, Koivu didn't necessarily get, the, the respect that I, I really think he deserved in Minnesota. He was a, an incredible two-way center, one of the best defensive forwards in the game, and he just happened to play in the same era as Patrice Bergeron, uh, Marion Hossa, and Anze Kopitar. So when all those guys are, are jockeying for that top spot, you know there, there were a couple of years that Koivu really should have been top three in that Selkie voting, um, and he regularly got... Um, he got Koivu to take a discount. He got Jason Zucker uh, when he was extending his contract to take a discount. Even Niederreiter to an extent as well. Um, Charlie Coyle, he was very good with contract negotiations. Um, the only one that I can think of that he really kind of bungled a little bit was Kaprizov and getting him to the United States. Um, but that was more an issue with the agent versus the actual player. Uh, and that, trying to that agent was an absolute moron. The the first one, yes, and then <laughs> Kaprizov is like, "I'm getting rid of you. I'm getting a new agent." And the, then the, the 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 lies were just not even believable. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, well, they're, they're going to pay me ten million in uh, Russia. Okay, and, well, no, they're not. No, they're so, not. Uh, they, the, the top contract right way, now. So. At that time, the top contract was something like what three mil, three and a half, something like that yeah. per year. It, it was nowhere near. I mean, they they made it real easy for the for the for the wild. I mean, that that, mm-hmm. that I think that's what that he probably could have made out better if he if they didn't do it that way. But, I mean, just trying to say it the way that they did just didn't work out. I remember when that was going on; it was just it was absolutely insane. 
You remember, I think we were talking about it before. Remember when? Yep. They were saying that that guy came out and was like, oh, well, you know, well, he no, Kaprizov came out and said that Russia was going to pay him. And he, uh, yeah, they were that, saying, that was, they were saying that he said it, but it was really his agent talking. Because like he's a younger player, million. you know, most younger players aren't allowed to interact with the fans as much. So I think it was his agent the entire time. Well, but, definitely not Russian players either. It's, you know, if, if you get a player that's going to do that, more likely a North American kid to do that than a, a Russian or European kid. Yeah. Well, so so basically what we're getting down to is, I, I like I said, I don't have an issue with Chuck Fletcher. It doesn't sound like Anthony has an issue with Chuck Fletcher. We, I don't know. Yes and no. Like, I don't have an issue when it I'm comes sure. to wanting to win. But when it comes to his fucking hiring of the management and the coaching, it's like, come on. Mike Yo didn't fucking do shit with St. Louis. And then you try to, I mean, yeah, it was an interim coach, but I mean, Mike Yo just kind of put the nail in his fucking career with, uh, you know, benching um, Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak and a couple other things going on in the in the locker room that and Anthony flared off there. What are you doing? <clears throat> but I mean, think about it. if if you're a coach, you know, you want to try to get respect in the locker room, and you got veterans all around you, and you don't acknowledge them, and then you just go and ruin somebody's career that you know he might not be playing next year. He, I don't, I didn't hear anything about it, but. It sounds it sounds like something small, but I mean, if you're a, a team looking for a coach and you put this guy in there, do you think players are going to fucking end up listening to him? I don't. I don't think they'll listen to him. They're not going to fucking respect the bald headed fuck. But you are wild tonight. What is going <laughs> on with you? I'm just saying. Jeez. He's he shouldn't even be in the fucking the league period. He should just stay below fucking AHL. Oh my god. Oh, well, for what it's worth, I don't think Yo ever really had the locker room with Minnesota either. Probably um, not. It, and part of the reason that it sounded like the Wild were planning to buy out uh, Parise and Suter, why they did it last summer, was because Parise and Suter were running the show. Pretty much the whole time, whether or not you know, um, it, they were doing their own thing anyway. So we got a uh, got a comment from Don Conway. He's the uh, host of Drunk on Ice on the uh, was it Belly Up? Throwing Belly Up Network. Uh, great conversation, fellas. Any moves out that you think might happen for the Flyers that no one else is talking about? I, uh, I got a couple. What do you think? Wait, you got anything? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you I get it out of your system <laughs> yet? I mean, yeah. I mean, it just... is it is it somebody that I don't want here anymore? Or is it something that was in the rumor mill earlier? I mean, ah, there's, there's dive, a lot going. There's a lot, there's a lot going out on right now. Um, I, I personally think uh, the, the thing to me, well, I found it. Anthony's been on it. The uh, the Lindy Snyder thing is the biggest thing that I think. I think would be a blockbuster move of some sort. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's uh, Ed Snyder's daughter is rumored to maybe buy the team. Mm -hmm. um, that's been like popping up every now and then. Um, I don't know. The, the, 
all I have to say is Provorov's out. That's all. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know if you have anything, Anthony, or anything. I just I think you're seeing a lot of of, of rumors of Provorov being out. Someone. I mean, I, again, you know my stance on this, and it's with the draft talking. It's tied in. If if you can somehow get Chikrin from Arizona and involve the fifth overall pick going back there, I'm fine with keeping Provorov. Have Chikrin Provorov your top pair. If not, um, then yeah, I'd move Provorov. But I think Konechny, you know. Ooh can bring you back a little bit more than Ivan Provorov right now. Uh, I don't know who would be available or what kind of a trade. Maybe, I'm thinking maybe something can be brewed up with uh, Winnipeg and a connecting kind of deal, but I don't the know. The Shifley thing? Is that, I've been seeing I, that a lot. Shifley, but, but you know, maybe maybe try to get Nikolai Ehlers to come down to Philadelphia. You know, he's a speedy winger, uh, a little bit more scoring touch than a Konechny. Um But, Dan, I wanted to bring up to you was obviously the Wilds, they're – in cap hell, as they like to call it in sports, because of those two buyouts coming up. Mm-hmm. Fiala is going to be a free agent this year. I'm guessing you guys want to bring back Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got the great rapport with general manager now, Billy Garen. They want to cup together. you got to start trimming the fat off the roster somewhere, right, with those deals that have just a little bit too much money on them. One player I've just fallen in love with over the last year, year and a half, I love the style he plays. It's basically Scott Hartnell with just a different number and shorter hair. Marcus mm-hmm. Foligno, uh, what can you tell me? Do you think he gets moved to try to Hands save the three million? Nope, he's he's not going anywhere. I I, I was thinking <laughs> you were going to go uh, with Kevin Fiala here, actually, who uh, as a restricted free agent, uh, a guy that he's he's gone. There's no way the Wild are going to be able to make the money work to to bring him back. I was thinking that was where you were going to go, um, but for Marcus Foligno, Moose, uh, as as we've come to call him. Um, I can't see any way that Marcus Foligno is out um, with the, you want to call it maybe the second line, maybe the third, whatever the, the wild kind of have some weird lines with how they play it through, but it's, it's the shutdown defensive line of Jordan Greenway, Jewel Erickson and Marcus Foligno. Uh, both Erickson and Foligno uh, were in the top 10 in Selkie voting this year. Um, they went from October until the middle of February without allowing a five-on-five goal. Uh, it just an incredible shutdown line. And looking at what Felino brings to the team, it, it's an emotional energy that you need from a captain. And you look at um, you look at guys like Parise and Suter and Koivu, none of those guys was a particularly outspoken player. They weren't somebody who you know would go knock somebody around and, and start a fight to energize the team. Um, you know, they, they could, could set up the plays and score the goals. Uh, they could play good defense, but they weren't that type of player. Felino has become such a spark plug and such an energy machine for Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I think of uh, the report that came out, I think it was this last week, uh, where he fought Tom Wilson over his hit on Oscar Sundquist, who didn't even yeah. play for the Wild. Like, that's the type of guy... <laughs> that Felino is, is an, an old school hockey player. Uh, you play the game the right way, stick to the code and the rules. Um, but, but I think of like his, uh, you know, Felino's jumping punch on Brendan Dillon earlier this year. Like who does that? Nobody jumps in a fight in hockey. Like that's not how it works, but he did it. And it, it was memes all over the place. It was energy for the rest of that game. And that he's an emotional leader for the team as much as the the lead that he he really has taken a step forward over the last couple of years uh, as well in Minnesota. He had uh, career highs 
in goals, assists, and points uh, this last season. And I think back to when you guys had Jim Watson on the show, um, you know, he said captains have to be the hardest worker in the room. There is not a harder worker, I, I think, on the Minnesota Wild than Marcus Foligno. So if you want to get Foligno out of Minnesota, it's going to take a lot to get him. I was going to um, say, what would you guys want from the Flyers for Foligno? Oh, man. It, it would take oh, – I, I would it, – it's hard to say because you attach an emotional value to it that goes beyond the actual value of the player per se. So what might be viewed as a, you know, quote unquote, fair offer um, really doesn't necessarily match the interests of the team. So that does kind of skew the value there as well. Um, I would think if the Wild were going to move Felino, and I would absolutely hate it. Um, you know, there's a, an unofficial through Minnesota Wild, you know, hockey Twitter started the Marcus Felino fan club. They've got shirts for it now on sodastick.com. And they're awesome. It's Felino with his toothless smile, uh, his, his hair all messed up, and it's it's great. Um, I, I think if you're looking at the Flyers as a potential return, it's going to be an early draft pick, not not necessarily the uh, the fifth overall or anything like that, but an early round pick. Maybe that you get a second, a third in there, um, and a, a good prospect, probably a winger, because again, you're moving a winger out. You would need to be bringing in a younger winger to, uh, for the cap reasons, as you mentioned, try and get under the cap. Um, so I, I really, God, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Um, he's just he's just basically like Scott Hartnell, who I adored. I loved Hart. He would when he was a Philly, and that's all I could think of with Felino. When you talk about, because I know exactly what you talk about. I saw it the other day when he fought. Tom Wilson for somebody not even on his team. Well, there mm-hmm. was one a couple of years ago in the COVID year when he was he just beat the wheels off somebody on San Jose and he just at the end he just held on to him. He knew the kid was all done and he called the reps over. Like oh, yeah, right. Jesse and I are huge. We're huge on chemistry for a team in the locker room. It goes such a long way. And I think that guy in the Philadelphia locker room is just it's just a, such a perfect fit. I'll give you connecty for him. You know, you say that. And there are some Minnesota Wild fans who really would, you know, want to take you up on that deal. Um, you know, but again, there though, it's it's they're taking on more cap at that point if they're taking on Konechny. Right. So yeah. that, that doesn't quite help with the cap situation. Uh, you know, Konechny's still a, a fun player to watch, I guess, at least. But as far as a, a value for Felino, Konechny for Felino, one for one deal. I would think Flyers fans would be rejoicing in the streets if that deal went through. Um, and, You'd be and surprised. Minnesota Wild fans would march down to XL Energy Center and burn the thing to the ground. Have you have you have you talked to Flyers fans? Uh, not they, nearly they, as many as I would like to. They have. Wait till you talk sure. to one. Sure about that. <laughs> we uh, I don't know. I I think that they would uh. Oh, that that kind of gets into another topic with like Claude Drew. We'll get into that in, in, in a little bit. But uh, Flyers fans are they're 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 horrible. Like they're absolutely horrible. <laughs> they don't they don't I'm know. I'm familiar anything. with the stigma around Philly sports fans and and, and you know kind of the the asshole nature of it, if you will. Um, it's more like ignorance, but it's, if anything, <laughs> like yeah, you you get that with any fan base though. But it's just how you know outspoken are you with the uh, the the ignorance and. Where where are you really speaking from? But um, no, 
you know, any chance to talk hockey with anybody, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'm originally from Minnesota. I'm living in Cincinnati, uh, working with a junior team out here so that I can stay around the game. Um, that's awesome. But it's, it's, you know, anytime you get the chance to talk hockey, and, and that's why I'm so glad I could jump on with you guys tonight and make this work. We, oh, we scheduled this less than 24 hours ago, and, and here we are talking hockey. So it, I think that's great. You tell me we're doing a podcast. I'm there. That's all there is to it. Love it. I'm all over it. Um, let's jump into uh, some the coaching choices. Now, I kind of want to go with you first, Dan. Who who would you think, from an outside perspective, who would you think right now the running is John Tortorella and it's um, – what's it? Uh, Trotz. Or Trotz, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, between those two, who, who would you think – and I think there still is a little bit of – is there a little bit of Bruce Cassidy still? I think that was the last one. No, there's no Bruce Cassidy. No, the three names I saw was Torts, Trots, and then just today I just saw the whispers of uh, DeBoer. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I, I would say DeBoer out. You know, scratch that name off the list. He couldn't last in this city. He's not going to last. In this no, city. he didn't last in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would think that he's he's probably of those three. I think that's a very clear third place in the running. Um, I think. From a system standpoint and looking at the the players that are in place now, I would think between those two, Tortorella is probably the better fit overall. Um, That's not to say that Barry Trotz can't clean up a lot of the issues. Uh, Trotz's defensive systems are incredible. And you look at what he did uh, with the Islanders, taking their already good defensive group that they had in place to a team that lost in the semifinals each of the last two seasons. Um, all sorts of factors beyond his control this year and kind of unceremoniously let go. Um, and to me, Trotz is the kind of coach who certainly has earned more than just, uh, you know, you have one bad year and you're gone. I, he's, he's the coach who gets some of that extra leash. So there had to have been something there that, that we don't know about that was going on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that's GM and coach don't get along. I don't know if that's coach and star players aren't getting along. But there had to be something there because it's the third winning as coach in the history of the league, you would think you get a little more leash than uh, the winner for Jack Adams Trophy, coach of the year, cup semifinal, cup semifinal, one bad year and you're gone. To me, there's something else there. Um, so I don't know if for that reason the Flyers would want to pursue or stay away. I think that's something that um, we'll never know as hockey fans. That's a, a tight-lipped conversation that you know does not leave the room. Um, so we'll, we won't get to see that outside point of it really or at least hear about it until long after uh, it's gone. Um, I do think Tortorella is probably a, a better fit overall for Philadelphia. Um, but again, with some of the younger players, we know uh, Torts has, has kind of butted heads with some guys and and made guys want to play to his system rather than adapting to what best suits his players in some cases. Um, you know, I, I look at with Pierre-Luc Dubois um, and even with Patrick Laine to a degree, um, trying to make Laine into a defensive forward. That's not Patrick Laine's game. It's it's just not. So uh, I do think Torts is the better fit. I wouldn't be mad at all if Trotz went there. Um, but I could also see Philadelphia going with somebody totally off the board, even outside of those three. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they started looking into the college ranks, trying to find someone there as well. Um, I think someone like a, a Scott Sandlin with UMD, who again, very defensive minded coach. He's already got the connection there with the Cates boys. Uh, I could see that as potentially an angle that, uh, that they would want to go as well. Um, but at least to answer your, your original question, I, I would say Tortorella, Trotz, and then uh, Pete DeBoer would be the order on those three for me. It's funny you mentioned the college route. There's a name that I've floated on here a couple of times. I believe he's at Wisconsin. Is Tony Granato. I mean, you know, I mm-hmm. feel like he had some good success. His family's had success in the NHL. Like, if that's going to be a whole new breath of fresh air, I'm all for something like that. I think so often we see the coaching retreads around the league. And I, all of those names have been, you know, this this would be, what, their third team for each of those guys in the last five years? Um, except maybe maybe not towards. I can't quite remember when he left the Rangers off the top of my head, but he would have Rangers after, Blue Jackets. After 13. And then, be the, and then he the went third. to Vancouver real quick. Uh, yep, yeah, there too. Um, so, yeah, so four there potentially. Um, you could have um, with Trotz, Washington, Islanders, Philly, with the Boar, the Sharks, the Golden Knights, and Philly. Like it, at, at some point, those retreads aren't going to work out. And you can see it didn't work in this town. It didn't work in this town. And I think Mike Yo is a, another example of that. Didn't work out in Minnesota, didn't work out in St. Louis, and now didn't work out for the Flyers either. So you got to look to the college ranks. You got to look to the juniors ranks. And before too much longer, that's where they're really going to start having to pull from because these guys are getting old. The game has changed. They're going to need younger coaches to kind of step in and be those guys if they're going to keep rehashing guys year after year. You know, the Hackstall thing didn't work out, so. No, the the, the Dave Hackstall thing did not work out. I personally hope they don't go that route. Um, there's there's a lot of coaches that are available right now, and obviously you guys you two know I was a, I was big on the Jim Montgomery, uh, that was a, something that I wanted that didn't pan out. Um, I kind of want uh, was it Dave Quinn, but no one else wants no one else wants that either. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's kind of up in the air when it comes to us now. But a, a, as of right now, Anthony did sell me on the torts torts thing. But it's going to suck because it's not going to be for a long period of time. They're going to let them come in. They're going to let them weed out some things. And then they're going to have to find another coach somehow. And my thing is, is that there's not going to be anyone available. So it, it's it's kind of a – it's a bad situation. And I don't think it's going to get solved with whoever they hire at this point. Because, so, I mean, the players are – the players the, – one, the players and the media are not going to respond well to, to John Tortorella. Are just not going to. I mean, and I think that's. I, I just want that. Why, the, well, that's the reason why you that's, see uh, uh, Goss's bears out of here. I mean, you're going to see uh, what's his name? Uh, Provorov's going to be out of here for the same reason. I mean, you can't. Once you talk to the media like that, it's, it's going to be a wrap. So, I mean, especially in this town, that's how it works. So, we will definitely, definitely see what happens. Uh, apparently, we're supposed to be hearing it. Uh, soon everyone says they have a date but no one has a date so um before we get into that i do have one of these things that we had from last week for uh north beards i don't know if you guys are going to hear it or not but uh hey guys are you tired of having a dry itchy flaky beard 
Go to norsebeards.com to take your beard to a Viking level. Norse Beards have a variety of products and free shipping over $50. Become part of the Norse family by going to norsebeards.com and enter promo code OCS at checkout for 25% off. Norsebeards.com and Old City Sports Network answered the call of Valhalla. I'm going to have to do that anymore. Someone else does it. That's, that's the voice of God for everybody that was wondering. Chris Bristow, thanks for making another one for us. Um, <coughs> moving on. Moving on. Um, so who are you guys looking for the draft then? Um, me and Wade and Anthony have been talking pretty uh, pretty heavily about it. Um, who are you looking at, I guess, for Minnesota? And uh, obviously we're a Flyers show, so you know, I'll tell you who we're thinking. Well, I'll, I'll start with the Flyers because that was actually how we even got uh, got connected talking the other night. Um, you know, looking at, at the fifth overall pick, I'm thinking you're going to see kind of the, the names that are all at the top of the draft, Shane Wright, Uri Slikovsky, you know, those guys are going to be off the board, I would think by the Flyers pick at five. Um, but I do think there is a chance to get a very, very good defenseman either way. Um, I think there's a chance that, uh, David Jurisek might be the pick there. Simon Nemich might be the pick there. Um, or if the Flyers are looking for their next Claude Giroux, a guy with the same initials, Cutter Gothier, uh, with the U.S. National Team Development Program, is a guy who looks like he could be a center or a wing, kind of have that same lineup flexibility that Giroux had. Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how good he is in the faceoff dot, but it's kind of the, the calling card of Giroux's game for a long time. So those are kind of some angles that I, I think – the the flyers really could be going with um i think david jerizek is probably the best shut down defenseman in this class he doesn't have the same um he doesn't have the same offensive upside to his game that nemich has uh nemich is kind of more the run and gun type of d-man um jerizek is really the the shutdown role that i think is a more natural fit for the flyers um, and then as for minnesota i'm thinking with Fiala out, um, they're going to need to look to restock the pool on some wingers here. They've done a really good job of addressing center depth over the last couple of drafts. They've done a good job of uh, locking down goaltending as well. Uh, Jesper Wallstead coming through the ranks. He's going to be in Iowa next year and probably with Minnesota the year after that. So they'll bridge with Talbot and Flurry for one year, give it to, to Wallstead after that. Um, so I think it's got to be winger. And I think when looking at the wings that are going to be available, it's it's tough trying to predict the the later in the first round. Usually we kind of all know the names right at the top. Um, some guys that I would hope might still be there, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, a guy like Danila Yurov from the KHL, uh, a Russian winger, and maybe, you know, eventually a potential line mate for Kirill Kaprizov, have two Russian wingers on each side there. That could be a, a really good fit. Um, a couple other guys as well. Uh, Isaac Howard again, another national team development program guy. Um, and then a name to keep an eye on for Minnesota is Reed Schaefer. Uh, Judd Brackett, who is kind of the, the assistant general manager and the director of scouting for Minnesota, absolutely loves his WHL guys. Uh, so anybody coming out of the W is is fair game uh, for Judd Brackett. So I would not be surprised if a guy like Reed Schaefer is there. And uh, having done his homework there, that's who Brackett pulls the trigger on. Um, another winger with a lot of upside uh, really makes a lot of sense schematically for Minnesota and with the WHL connection there, I would not be surprised if I had to bet today on who that pick is going to be, that would be my, my pick there. 
He didn't name it. I think he named one guy off of off the list that I was I was going to go with. Um, <laughs> well, for at least the Flyers. Um, well, I wrote an article the other day, uh, and I, my my I want him to get Matt Savoy or Simon Nemec. Um, Matt Savoy is an absolute stud. So I mean, we mm-hmm. have a lot of centers, but I mean, with with stats like him, that you can't ignore that kid. Um, and Simon's just going to be, he's just going to get bigger and he's going to get better. So, I mean, mm-hmm. those are my, I, I'll be, I'll be happy with, with, with both of them. The one, the one kid was, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm just going to Slovakia, or I guess that's how we're going to Yeah, gonna, yeah That one. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> I'm usually pretty, I'm usually pretty good with that. I wasn't trying that first name. Um, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> I had to look yeah, it up I too. just, I just don't think, you know, I, I'm just going off uh, of hockey DBs things, uh, their stats and such. Uh, I don't think he has enough experience to 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 kind of come to the Flyers for what we need because at this point in time, regardless of whatever moves we make, we're going to need someone to be uh, probably an AHL starter or an NHL part timer not start immediately in the NHL, but like the flyers are in trouble. <laughs> they, they need as much as they can get. Even the guy in the Phantoms said, you know, I'm pretty close to Wade Allison. The guy can't stay healthy. Like he just, he just can't stay healthy. So, I mean, and he's one of the people and Tanner Lazinski is one of the guys that, that Chuck Fletcher, uh, they're the two guys Chuck Fletcher has in the spotlight to uh, start next year with the flyers. So, I mean, you know, we need any, any, any help we can get. I don't know if you guys, if you guys, has I know Wade, you're big on Nemec, aren't you? Uh, yeah, because I mean, if you look at the Flyers, we got um, <clears throat> Prove, and then it kind of drops down. I mean, it showed some upside with Travis Sanheim this year, but he's gonna want more and more money. But I don't, I don't think it's gonna uh, pan out for his way. Yeah, I think he's gonna go to another team. There's another defenseman that's. Uh, floating around, looks like it's can go either way to uh Seattle, us, or even Columbus. Is David, oh boy, yeah, you're sick. You're sick. The only problem with him, though, is he's 176 pounds at 6'3. He's a right handed defenseman, but he is like a fucking twig. Yeah, I was talking about him a minute ago. He's a good shutdown guy, but he's he's got to bulk up. Yeah, that's that's a problem with a lot of the, a lot of. Uh, you got to remember these are still kids too, so. eight, right? Yeah, but these are also kids that have been playing since they were five years old, though. Like you know, a lot like like Zamola. Our my my biggest problem with Zamola is he's a, he's a stick, like you said. He's he's just not getting any bigger, and he's he's lost out there on ice. But it, it, we need bulk. We need big. We need we need big guys, big defensemen. <laughs> We tried that with Sammy Morn and uh, oh, Sammy. Yeah, I would think if both of their if both of these defensemen are there and you're looking for size, Nemich is probably your guy. But if you're looking for more defensive upside and you can rely on somebody else within the system to be the offensive defenseman with that group, then I would think Yurisek uh, might be your guy. Yeah, Dan, I've said it earlier, especially to you. I want nothing to do with that number five pick. I'm sending that in a package over to Arizona. Bring me check yep. right in. I, you know, if, if they're going to do the retool, like they're saying, not the rebuild, you're not sitting around waiting for two to three years, hoping a kid can pan out. They already got burned with that with Nolan Patrick. 
go get me a, a, a guy that, you know, he's not even 25 yet, Chikrin, and he's already on a steep incline. Go get me him. Really solidify this back end. Fifth overall for Felino. For who? Fifth overall for Felino. Uh, my heart says yes, but my brain says no. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that one. What? Okay, what about Kevin Fiala, though? I'm a no on Fiala. I mean, I, you know, he's very hot and cold. I know a lot of scorers are like that, but especially in the playoffs, and I've said it to Wade and I've said it to Jesse, the Flyers have a guy that goes, you know, MII in the playoffs, and that's Travis Konechny. I want somebody that's going to stand up and score in the postseason if oh, they ever get there. But oh, I, uh, I, that guy. I, I, I just think – you know, you want to build from the back out. They, they're the Flyers' goaltending looks solid for the future with Hart and Fedotov. If you can just get that pressure off of Provorov, and he's your one B, and you can bring in a guy like Chikrin. Okay, now I think the Flyers get something cooking for the future. You put a lot of stock in Fedotov. Yeah, I mean, look at Shesterkin. He came out of nowhere. Like these Russian goalies are taking over Vasilevsky, and plus. The KHL is right in between the AHL and the NHL. This kid's been over there, just had an incredible playoff run to whatever whatever cup it is that they win over there, and he won the whole thing. His stats are amazing. He's like six foot twelve. Okay, six eleven. Sorry, my math is terrible, but <laughs> he, he's just you know he can stop everything. I, I'm expecting a lot out of him. I have no idea how to pronounce those. I names. have no idea who they are. Uh, you want to? Do you have any insight on that, Dan? Oh boy. Uh, I don't know. Not I don't know. really <laughs> familiar with uh, Minchuka, uh, Krachinsky, yeah, another WHL guy. Um, I, I don't know that either of those guys really are going to be first round guys. Um, they, they probably are, are looking at outside the first round, um, but still some guys worth worth keeping an eye on as well. I would think. Um, I, I really don't have a whole lot on on either of those two, uh, unfortunately. I'm not gonna sit there and try and BS you guys and be like, oh, this, you know, <laughs> yeah, this I mean, kid is a, a right <clears throat> shot at, at 6'2", 185. and you're right. no, I when I don't know something, I'll at least tell you guys that I don't know. I'm not gonna come on your show and BS you. Well, Dale, yeah, I'm not this. copying. I'm not gonna try to type that in a hockey team DB either. It'd take about an hour for me to look at it. Can, Let you, me ask you, that, uh, can you pull up that guy's uh, question again? I just want to see the, the the names of the players. That's all. All right, well, you got him? Yeah, got Which one? The one guy is a left-handed defenseman, so. Which guy? The is that Pavel? Pavel. Pavel. We'll call Pavel Minioko. Minioko. He's looking to be drafted right. 15th. And if you're going to waste a top five spot, I mean, might as well go for offense. Well, the, I mean, I don't want <clears> – <throat> So scenario wise, say say Ryan Ellis, and this is scenario wise, say Ryan Ellis doesn't you know die this year, um, you know. Yeah, and, actually, I'm and, looking at uh, Corey Pronman with the Athletic his mock, and uh, he's got Mintukov at 15 there too. So maybe I need to need to keep brushing up on these guys. Yeah, they just did a uh, combine, I think last weekend. I told Jesse that nobody really even knew about, so a lot of guys' stocks fucking dropped. Um, like Matt Savoy, his his stock dropped tremendously because he was looking at being a fifth overall pick to, tw- I think twentieth, I think I said. So wow, a lot of people on, get knocked on glass here, bro. All right. A lot of people get knocked for their size also when it comes to these combines. 
Well, that's why. So, that's why I decide. I I know your guy. Your big guy was Logan Logan Cooley. Yeah, but he ain't gonna drop past three. What's well, that? It just the, the fact of him is the fact we'd be getting we'd be getting another Morgan Frost. It'd be, it's yeah. the same exact player with less stats and less experience. And and like I said in that article I wrote at the time that that uh, at the same age that Cooley is, uh, Morgan Frost's uh, stats were triple what his are now. So I mean, he just—I don't think we, we don't need another center for the love of God. But I know you know massive boys is center, but he's just yeah, you know, he's my guy. So I'm going with him. I don't care if you drop the twenty. We're not getting rid of that pick either, Anthony. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not send it to Arizona. Let him let him grow up in the college arena. Well, Arizona's already got what like eight picks over the first two rounds this year. What's another one in that mix? Especially if you're getting the top five on it, throw as many darts as the board at the board as you can. Pack all young kids, five thousand seat arena on Arizona State's campus and and rebuild the thing. (laughs) Imagine being a college kid. You get drafted to Arizona or like out of juniors, and you're going to play at that ASU college. Like, oh. That's just – that's a single man's dream right there. But let me ask you this, Dan, an outsider's perspective. Flyers don't have a second-round pick this year. Is there any way they can conjure up a trade with this roster, a lot of guys making stupid money, where they could try to get back another team's second-round pick? I would think the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're giving up a decent prospect on the deal as well and you're trying to work with a team that is consistently trying to get to the cap floor. Uh, you know, a team like Ottawa, like Arizona, uh, even like Columbus to a degree, um, just to try and make some of the the dollars work. Uh, one thing that we saw as well, not this past season, but the year before, was get, getting a third team involved in the deal to help retain as well. Um, so I would think if the Flyers are looking to get a second round pick, you know, maybe you're moving a guy out somewhere else, having that team retain, and then one more along the way, uh, there could be some picks changing hands there. Um, as far as guys that, that might be able to fetch that type of value, um, if it was just a, a straight up a one team, you know, one for one type of deal, I think the Flyers would have to be retaining money on some of that deal as well. Um, especially teams that are looking to move a second round pick are teams that are contenders. They're not rebuilders. So it's when you're a contender, you're more likely to be spending to that cap, really bolstering your roster so if you're second round pick back on the deal, um, it's probably from a contending team, which would mean Philly would have to probably eat some money uh, to make that type of a deal work. Hmm. None of this sounds good. That other no, guy, it's, that, it's, uh, it's a tough spot, and that's yeah, you know, horrible. that was the Chuck Fletcher experience in in Minnesota. Is second and third round picks are the draft sweeteners instead of the fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks is the kickers on your trades. It's so, so like. It, it, that yeah. other defenseman that uh, the guy said was Kevin something Russian. Kuchinski? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, he played played uh, 67 <laughs> games in the WHL with four goals and 61 assists with 40 penalty minutes. And he's looking at maybe tenth with Anaheim, but I doubt Anaheim's going to go defense. And he's yeah, uh, I can't see another left-handed defenseman. We have plenty of left-handed defensemen. We need righties. But yeah, that's why I think Teresek might be the pick there at five, just for the virtue of being a right-shot defenseman 
as well. Um, right shot defensemen generally do go earlier in the draft than you would think that they might based on initial talent, right. but I'm sold on your ESEC. I think the talent is there. I think he would be a very, very good fit in Philly. Take anybody at this point. I mean, especially Marcus Felina. Let's get him. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, done. Um, moving on. Um, so, what Stanley Cup predictions? Avalanche. Been <laughs> saying it all year. Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My wife brought up to my attention that uh, probably four or five months ago, I said it's going to be uh, Avalanche and Tampa for the cup. Yeah, whatever. Did you put money uh, on it? I should have. I told her if I would have put $200 down, I would have probably won at least 2500 Damn. Because at the point, at that time, uh, I know Avalanche were leading, and I think Tampa was sitting around fourth on the pole. Well, this, this kind of leads it. I mean, my, my bracket is absolutely broken completely now. I lasted a lot longer than I thought I was going to. Um, New York killed me. I just wanted they, to see. Uh, did they kill you or did they help you uh, staying longer? I thought you had. Well, they, well, well, I'm dead now. So, I mean, it fucking killed me. Um, I just want to see Ryan Reeves get a cup. That would be cool. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to say that the, the Avalanche solely. Um, so it's like literally a spit and claw Drew's face. Um, that's literally yes. what that's that's literally what that's going to be now. Because um, he was wrong. I, I don't know. What uh, what do you think, Dan? You think the uh, Avalanche going to pull a third? Do you think it's going to be a three peat? I think it's going to be Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a three peat. I look at how Andre Vasilevsky has played in shutdown games and and to win a series. You know, two goals in his last eight elimination games. Uh, I look at an unhealthy goaltending situation for Colorado. Where is Darcy Kemper at? Is he 100%? Is he 80%? Is 80% with the Avalanche enough to beat Tampa Bay? Um, I, I look at as well with uh, Gerard being out as well. You know, I, I pick Colorado if Gerard is still there just because of what he enables them to do defensively. Um, it, it's just kind of a, a perfect complementary piece with Taves and Kale McCarr. Um, kind of the, the third spoke to that wheel. It really makes it work. Um, but I, I am really concerned about the, the injuries for Colorado. Um, Tampa Bay has the experience of having been there before. Colorado really hasn't been on this type of a deep playoff run before. So the experience is a factor there. Um, I, I'm going to say Tampa Bay in six, but I do think Colorado is able to take a couple of games here. Yeah, I'm now, going. I'm is going Kadri out? Out? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, with that yeah, uh, he done. got his surgery on his thumb. I think he's going to be uh, out. Out. Yeah. If you have thumb surgery, Thanks, you're not holding game. the stick, and you're certainly not shooting the puck well with it. So. Right. Well, that's the thing. Another one of their centers is gone. I'm with Dan. I got lightning, but I'm going to go bolts and seven. I mean, Stamkos all of a sudden is from the fountain of youth. I'm not betting against Andre <laughs> Vasilevsky. This freaking guy, man. He just stops everything that he should and everything that he shouldn't. That team's firing on all cylinders. And, oh, by the way, they're probably getting Braden Point back. I think it's going to be a very exciting series. I can't wait for it. Um, I want to see the Avalanche win pretty much because of what Jesse said, to shove it right back in Drew's face. But I can't bet against the Lightning anymore, man. I'm going Tampa in seven. I'll say this, though. I think this is the toughest of the three for Tampa 
opponent wise, like matchups, looking at you know Montreal and, and Dallas, Colorado is a clear cut above where each of those two teams was at when they got their opponent in the last two cup finals. It's going to be a very, very good series either way. And from a, a TV standpoint, I think they've they've got to absolutely be loving this matchup. Yeah, it starts that starts tomorrow, doesn't it? Uh Wednesday. 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 <clears throat> they get a little they get a little bit more of a break, which helps out Tampa Bay with Braden Point. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be ugly. Um yeah, I think it's gonna be something like uh eleven or twelve days for the Avalanche since they last played. So that kind of time off. Yeah, my money hammer on Tampa for game one just by virtue of that. Well, that Avalanche hindered uh, game to get their feet under them. That but, hindered Tampa against uh, the Rangers the first game. They got the fucking doors blown off of them with too much rust sitting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm much of Avalanche. hockey is about routine and doing the same thing over and over again at all levels and doing it consistently daily. So having that much time off, I think it, it's just going to hurt the Avs in game one, even if they're able to get some guys healthy. Yeah, the health works for Tampa, too, having those extra couple days. It may be the most exciting game final there has been in a while, to be honest with you. Um, I just want to see. I, I, I do predict Gabriel Landeskog and uh, I literally just had this guy's name. On, on, I thought it was just on tip of my tongue. Maroon. Yep. Yep. Patrick Maroon. I see Pat, that. That. I see that becoming something. Uh, that's going to be something to watch for sure because those two are definitely bangers. They don't. They don't back down. Um, Pat Maroon could win his fourth consecutive Stanley Cup. Four cups in four years. You gotta love it. That's ridiculous. Um. And now the last thing that we're going to talk about. Um. Honestly, I wanted your opinion on this because we are all very uh, – definitely have our, our strong opinion opinions on Claude Giroux's exit um, from Philadelphia. Do you do you have any uh, – what, what do, you, do you feel that that was uh, kind of a bad move or do you think it, it was bad on him or do you think it was a good move for him to go to Florida and kind of not go to the Avalanche? But right now the Avalanche are in the, the playoffs. Do you think it was a, a bad – obviously we think it's for the city. You know, it's kind of a – spit in our face but um what are your thoughts on that yeah i think uh especially as someone who picked the panthers at the beginning of the season to win the cup this year when i saw that they got claude Giroux, i'm thinking sweet my my cup final prediction was colorado and florida at the beginning of the year i'm thinking sweet this is a lock let's go get it um and then to see them bow out as early as they did was definitely a, a disappointment there just from a, a sports prediction side of things um, I've, I've liked Giroux as a player. Um, he was a guy that I was hoping the Minnesota wild would trade for this year. Um, Minnesota historically has not had a lot of center depth and Miko Koivu is really the only good face-off taker that they've had in games where they've lost. It's because they get waxed in the face-off dot in games where they've won. It's because they've been able to at least hang it close or maybe have a slight lead. Um, but they're not a team that really does a lot in the face-off dot. And knowing Giroux's career number is somewhere around 54% um, and kind of top in the league at this point, consistently one of the top 10, if not top five guys. As a Wild fan, I was kind of hoping that maybe they would be in the mix there. Um, 
but loyalty is is kind of a weird thing in in sports these days and um you know is is the team loyal to the player is the player loyal to the team how does that work i think it's definitely different in hockey you see guys play their entire career with one team a lot more in hockey than you do in other sports um so for me it was kind of a, a surprise to see that that drew wanted out i i don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on the way that it happened just because as a fan on the outside it, it wasn't as personal for me to watch and see all of that uh you guys you know being being in philly for the most part are philly fans um it's it's a different look for you guys so just perspective wise on it i understand wanting to go get your name on a cup and that that's why you play the game i also understand you have your loyalty to your city um i look at miko koivu who was you know one of the early draft picks of the wild and played his entire career here uh played like five games for columbus and said nope i'm done my heart's still in minnesota i'd rather retire than play out the rest of the season and and be away from family and all that as well um so th it's not that loyalty is dead around the league or anything like that i honest to god i i would have thought Giroux would have been a career flyer so to see that he wasn't was really a, a big surprise for me I mean, for me, the way Jeruga went out is there was a report, I forget who had it, but one of the reports came out that was said Keith Yando was willing to be a healthy scratch, okay, and end his Ironman streak if that would help him get traded to a team that was looking for defensive depth, okay, going into a playoff run. Meanwhile, Giroux, another report came out, one of our competitors had it. He wasn't going to waive his no trade to go to Colorado if the Flyers didn't not exactly say they would re-sign him in the offseason, but, you know, say without saying, we'll bring you back type of thing. And it just goes to show if he was supposed to be the captain, he loved the city so much. Here's a guy that signed for league minimum, had played six months with a team that was willing to do more to help Philadelphia on the trade deadline than Claude Giroux was. Yeah, I hadn't actually heard that that was uh, kind of part of it. I knew he with his no trade clause, he could kind of pick and choose wherever his – ultimate destination was that he was going to go um but i hadn't hadn't heard the part about uh you know scratching or anything like that um i did hear the 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 iron man streak bit uh with yandel who i i would think yandel's got to be done at this point i i, I don't know if he's ever I, I don't know if you want him back i don't know i don't know how you guys Absolutely. feel about him I, 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 I think he's a beauty. I think he's a, a great player, but I just don't know where he fits uh, with the team. Player Probably, you know, is he is he a third pairing guy? Is he your you know, your seventh D man in and out of the lineup? Where that fit is for Philadelphia, but when you have someone who has that loyalty and saying, "Hey, if you need to scratch me or trade me to and end the streak to do it, fine, I get it." Um, that to me says. A a lot about who he is as a player too and, and wanting to put the team first so that's there's something to be said for that as well yeah i'm a huge yandel fan so when we got him you know i was ecstatic uh, the, uh and personally from someone obviously people that cover the flyers uh full time uh the flyers didn't use him that the, the for the reason that they brought him in so i mean you know yeah yandel was what was it what wait would it end up being a negative 40 yeah, but I mean, you can't just chalk it up to one player when the team itself doesn't want to fucking. That's, that's the argument, back. though. That's the argument. Is that's my argument for him at least. 
Well, that's that the, the <clears> argument <throat> is that he ended uh, his season with the Flyers with a negative forty. But like, uh, you know, they didn't use him. He was a power play specialist. You know, and he was he came in to to liven the the locker room up. Is and with that being said, you know, then obviously there's serious issues going on in the locker room with the Flyers. But uh, they just didn't use him for what he was what he was there what he was supposed to come in for. So um, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he's gonna. I mean, it, it, you two you two know how big I am on the Hayes culture thing. If, if Hayes has anything to do with this team, which I really honestly think he does, um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Honestly, but um, yeah, well, I don't like the Drew. Uh, I know none of us like the the Drew exit. I, I know uh, Anthony just said what he said, obviously about the Yandel thing. Um, yeah, a lot of people are, are betting, hoping the Avalanche. I mean, he already looks kind of like a fool at this point now because the Avalanche are in the final, and you know, Water's not. So, I mean, he that captain didn't go down with the ship with us, and now he just looks like a fool. So it is what it is when it comes to that. Um, you got anything else, you two down there, Dan? Good captain goes down with the ship, so I don't have to light him up any more than I already have. He probably secretly hates you. You, you I mentioned mean, Yandel is your, your power play specialist guy, too. How much of that goes back to Mike Yo as well, not having you know systems and structure to the team like we talked about earlier in the show? You know, do, do, do Yandel's numbers look that bad if Mike Yo isn't the coach? Might come back to that. I don't want to defend him, but uh, AV was the coach for majority of the beginning of the season, and he wasn't up on the power play. Not even power play number two. It just they just didn't want to use him. It seemed like they're probably afraid of his speed that was lacking. I mean, he was absolutely like a deer on ice. I mean, he was not very graceful this season at all. Yeah, the, the, the gifts are out there; they're all over. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love Yandel. He's he's my favorite player off the team. And then when he got on the team, it just I don't know, it just didn't work out for him. I still have my Yandel jersey over there, though, and I'll, I'll wear it everywhere. Um, still put it on the wall. It's not going on the wall. <laughs> it's not going on the wall. Um, but with that being said, uh, Dan, I got to thank you for coming on. Uh, for the moment, uh, pop-up show, but it's definitely great. Definitely want to do something with uh, the other. We have a lot of other shows on the network that would definitely benefit from your knowledge. So, yeah. Uh, Want to do some some cross shows here? I, I think we would definitely be down for that if you were in. Absolutely. Anytime that you guys want to have me on to talk hockey, I, I'd love to do it. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it was it was a blast hanging out with you guys tonight, and uh, gonna really have to keep an eye on what the Flyers do this off season. So I'll be even more uh, in the loop on things next time around. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have you back on. Um, and with that being said, you can go. Let me pull this back. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You can have you can go follow these guys over at on Twitter Pod Snipe Selly and Dan's personal Twitter Hockey Vox DB on twenty was a uh, Sports Two Network. Thank you so much for coming on. We're definitely gonna have you on, and uh, you two always. I don't know what was going on with you with the person in life, but you were absolutely wild. You're a gunslinger down there. Um, again, thanks everybody for watching. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a while. You came on here. I should have put a parental advisor on here. Now I have to on anchor. Um, well, as soon as as soon as my fucking face comes on, it's already there. <laughs> it's just, it's just like insanity. <laughs> insanity. 
Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for watching. We had a good turnout like we usually do. Thank you, Dan, again for coming on. It will not be the last time. Everybody, uh, good night. This is Flyers Alley. We'll see everyone at the draft now. We're not doing another one until the draft. Take care, everyone. This segment of Alley Talk is brought to you by Body Check Wellness. Rethink recovery with a checking mindset and go to bodycheckwellness.com. Enter promo code OCS for 25% off your CBD needs. Again, go to bodycheckwellness.com and enter promo code OCS for 25% off your CBD needs. Hey, everybody. Jesse here again from Flyers Alley and Old Sea Sports Network. we got a great new sponsor in Luguru Custom Clothing. Our guy, Colin Movie over there, making great, great products. Hooking up the Admiral with a new Admiral Flyers Alley jersey. Go to www.luguru.co. Pick out your custom-made jersey. Great price, top-of-the-line product. Tell them that the Admiral sent you. Get a great price. 